Friends, let us pray together. Gracious God, we ask your blessing on this time and ask that you would be with us wherever we are. Guide us and show us something new in your word today. Amen. The past few weeks, I've been thinking a lot about the specifics of the worries or anxieties that this present time has brought out in me and in others. In fact, in looking back at my past few sermons, I've realized that, unsurprisingly, I've brought some of these worries, some of my worries, out into worship. And I think that it makes sense that that that's happened. It makes sense that I've been attempting to be vulnerable and candid with you in, in sharing them. And in all of this, I have also acknowledged that I can't know the worries of what your hearts might be. I've heard from some of you, though. I've talked to some of you. I've seen your social media posts. And I've tried to think about and understand the perspective of so many others in this time of confusion. But for each one of us, we're going through something different. Our experiences and our challenges are different, different relating to our circumstances. I was talking with some people this week in a few conversations, actually, and I pointed out that there are many varieties of the new and different strains on people that social distancing, working from home, and all the various changes have placed on us. For instance, I know some of you are welcoming a spouse back into the home during the day for the first time in decades. Others are finding themselves without their usual routines and instead trying to fill the day with puzzles and organizing. Some of you are swamped with work as your industry is active, while others are at a standstill. So many of you are feeding a full house, while others are lamenting the lack of contact with other people. School has taken on a whole new perspective, with moms and dads experiencing in a new way just how difficult teaching can be, while children are learning that home is having a whole new meaning. College students are are packing up dorm rooms in the middle of a semester and taking classes remotely. There are so many varieties, and the strains and the griefs that we're all experiencing are different. And yet, somehow, even in the vast array of differences in our experiences, there's something of a connection. A connection between us in our community, but also a connection within humanity, within the human story. I remember one time I was living in Sacramento and there was a heat wave one particular summer. It was always hot in the summer, but in this summer, the temperature kept going up and up for sustained days. I was new to this sort of heat at the time and I felt this bit of camaraderie with those around me. Strangers felt like common sufferers to me. The same thing sort of happened here when we had our Uh, polar vortex last summer. But as I think about it, in retrospect, I don't know if the other people that summer in Sacramento really felt the connection that I did, but to me, there was something of a connection, a shared experience, and maybe I'm someone who looks for those connections. When I moved to New Jersey for seminary, I was immediately shocked by the intensity of the drivers. For any of you who've ever driven in New Jersey, you'll know that driving in New Jersey is a sporting event. You have to have your head in the game and be ready to go the minute you get in the car and onto the road. And for me, this was particularly true while I still had California license plates there. 
I was honked at several times every time I would get behind the wheel. But then came something different. The first time I drove in New Jersey in a winter storm. And it seemed to me, it seemed like the changed circumstances brought us all together. It was like driving became this harmonious dance with people gracefully making way for others and waltzing along the slush-covered highways. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. But again, maybe I'm looking for these connections between people, connections like when the local team is in the playoffs or wins a final competition or when the Olympics come around or when a hometown hero is welcomed or, or when tragedy strikes and people come together. Again, I'm someone who looks for connections. Our gospel story this morning is one of connection. Palm Sunday is a moment of connection, a moment of communal gathering, a moment of being swept up with others. But what is it in this text? What is it in this moment? What is it that has drawn the people together? Who is it that has drawn the masses? And why? We know the answer is Jesus. Just like during our words with children, the answer at church is often Jesus. But in this case, we have to try and place ourselves within the context. Who was Jesus to these crowds, these people who traveled to Jerusalem to see him, people who risked their lives by standing up to the authorities to shout to Jesus? Who were they? They were ordinary people. Ordinary people who had experienced in Jesus something they had never experienced before. These were the people who had seen Jesus heal and love with a love that was beyond their comprehension. These were the people to whom Jesus had spoken the truth of their inner beings, the one who knew their worries and their hopes and their longings, the one who had captured their imaginations. The one who fed thousands with a few loaves of bread and some fish. The one who stilled waters. You see, on Palm Sunday, there's this moment we celebrate of people coming together to follow this man, Jesus. Someone who had, in each of their different ways, in their different situations, and their different struggles, this, this man who had drawn them all. Something is dramatically different in this story, dramatically different from nearly all the other stories of Jesus. Think about it. Jesus may be the focus of the text, but from a speaking and acting point of view, he isn't the star. He's, he's riding on a donkey. He isn't even saying anything, and he never responds to the people. The people are the stars. Now, in many ways, by riding on a donkey, he's actually saying a lot. The people, they were looking for a king, right? They were looking for a hero, like a prince in a fairy tale riding on a white horse. They wanted Jesus to save them. That's what Hosanna means. Save me, I pray. Save me. They want a war horse and they get a donkey. So in his actions, and we all know that actions speak volumes, Jesus is both fulfilling prophecy and he's also making plenty of statements. But really, really, it's those cries of the people, the cries of Hosanna, save us. The cries of the people, 
united. United and uttering ancient words, ancient words that for generations before them were a cry out to God, Hosanna, save us, Lord. Words they had cried out when they were wandering in the desert, Hosanna, save us, Lord. Words they had cried when they were in captivity waiting for God to, feed, to free them, Hosanna, save us, Lord. Words they had cried throughout their history and then had repeated over and over and over again at every major holiday as they recounted the ways that God had suffered, that they had suffered and had been tested and had longed for God to save them. In Psalm 118, the psalmist writes, Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. Save us, Lord. Hosanna. This is, this is the uniting communal cry of God's people throughout history, throughout time. This is what brought these people together grasping at Jesus, taking off their coats and placing them in the street in front of him. They had seen what he had done. They had heard him. They had been fed by him. And now, now they wanted, they, they needed something more. Save us. I love Palm Sunday. I always loved it as a kid, and when my home church started having a live donkey, I loved that. I laughed at it at first, but then I fell in love with it. And last year, having a donkey here with us at PCWS was a highlight of my first year at the church. I'm so glad that Condi and Teresa provided a donkey for us this morning. I was really looking forward to having Iris the donkey back here once again. But Palm Sunday traditions, going back to the year 300, they've been filled with a lot of celebration, of, of reenacting the entry into Jerusalem, complete with the shouts of Hosanna and the waving of green branches. And after a long period of Lent, this, this time leading up to Easter, and before the, the wait of Holy Week, the celebrations, especially in modern time, they've been kind of like a, a wonderful little pre-Easter. But... As I said, there's something more to this scene that I think maybe I've missed all these years and maybe this year is our chance to experience it. Imagine for a moment that our Palm Sunday procession included us marching into church yelling, Save us! Save us! Save me, I pray! Save me! I think it would feel strange. More like the, the soundtrack of a recording from the bottom of a collapsed mine. Or the SOS mayday call of a boat wandering at sea. Save us! Rescue us! This plea. How often are we willing to bring that plea before God and, and yet isn't that a plea for us today? Isn't that a plea that unites us today? Isn't that our common cry today when we look into the eyes of others, strangers with their mouths covered by a mask? Isn't that what our eyes say to one another? Where is our hope? Where is our salvation? Save us. And in this text, Jesus is silent. Jesus is silent as the people around him are shouting, Save us! Save us! Hosanna! 
the gospel closes with this curious observation that when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The whole city was in turmoil. Turmoil. The word comes from the same Greek root word as earthquake. City was shaken, disrupted, in turmoil. And the people were crying out to God, save us. Save us like only you can do and save us like you saved your ancestors. And, and this plea is at once an appeal to God and it's also a praise of a God who has been a God of deliverance, the God that we worship. Jesus answers the pleas of God's people. These united pleas of a people crying out to Jesus to save them. Jesus answers the pleas a few days later on the cross. But for now, in that moment, the people are together and, and they're crying out, laying coats and blankets on the road in front of Jesus, Hosanna, save us. And like those who have come before us, like all of humanity, as we face the trials of this day, trials that look and are different for each one of us, but trials that unite us in the way that they point us toward the one who promises us that we will be saved indeed and promises us that God will wipe every tear from our eye and endure every suffering we endure and that God will be our God and we will be God's people today, tomorrow, and forever. This is our shared identity, our identity that is found in Jesus Christ alone, the one to whom we cry out today, Hosanna, save me, I pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.